Welcome to the Life Community Church Podcast. We are so excited and thankful you've decided to join us. We have a very special message for you today that we pray blesses you. How you doing? It's good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. This is the first Sunday of the month, and the first Sunday of the month is Missions Sunday, so I want to encourage you, if you haven't already given to missions uh, in your automatic giving, uh, please remember, uh, some of you, we, we sent off uh, about $1,250 to Israel, uh, to the Beth Hillel Church in Ashdod, where they're they're actually even getting rocket attacks there, but they're they're helping people with with food and and uh, ministering to people there. So uh, if you give the, if you go online, there's a special category. So if you can just give that special category, that money will go to Israel, uh, to Pastor Israel, which is a convenient name uh, when you're in Israel. Uh, <laughs> so uh, and thank you for all your faithful support. Our, our it, you know if you don't give it. We can't give it. You understand that's how that works, right? Uh, it doesn't come from me. It comes from you. And thank you for your faithfulness and allowing us to do that. So we've been talking about your purpose and finding your purpose. If you remember the first week we talked about your God's masterpiece, your, your rare, your special, your valuable. Uh, then the second week we talked about the purpose of your purpose. Uh, God created you with a purpose. He created you with a blueprint for your life. He's got a plan, a destiny for you. Uh, the third week we talked about the focus of your focus, uh, the, the focus of your purpose. Uh, the focus of your purpose is to seek first the kingdom, put God first in everything you do. Uh, and then week four, we talked about how do you know God's will? How do you figure out what God's direction is for your life? Last week we talked about life is worship. And uh, we, we talked about why do we need to glorify God who, needs, who doesn't need anything? God doesn't need glorification. Uh, and our, our glorification, all of our worship, we could worship here all day long, all night long, for the rest of your life. It doesn't add one thing to God. So why do we do it? Why do we need to do it? Well, when we give God glory, we get the benefit. Because we get the benefit of knowing him more, and we get the benefit of his presence so, and so today I want to talk about, so last week we kind of talked about how we worship God with our lives so that all of life is worship. Everything that we do, we do for the glory of God. And so all of your life is an expression, expression of worship to God, right? But often when we think about worship, we think about the actual, actual activity of worship, which we've done, you know, for a few minutes here uh, just singing songs and, and praising the Lord. So today I want to talk about the actual aspect of worshiping God physically, physically worshiping God uh, and what that means. So how do we worship? Well, the Bible says that we worship with all our heart. That's, that's kind of the biblical standard, with all your heart. Mark twelve thirty. Jesus said, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, your emotions, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You'll never get the best of what God 
has to offer until you offer your best to God. I love the story of Jesus encountering the the Samaritan woman at the well. Now, uh, the Samaritans had, uh, you know, it's a long historical story, but the Samaritans and the Jews were at odds because the Samaritans had kind of uh, created uh, Judaism light uh, and without all of the requirements of the temple and the sacrifices and just kind of added the components they wanted and took out the components that they didn't like. So because of that, uh, the Jews, being purist of, about their religion, especially during this time, didn't like the Samaritans. But Jesus went to Samaria, and when he went to Samaria, where, which was filled with Samarians, right? He sent the disciples on ahead, and there was a woman at the well, and he asked the woman for water, and she said, what are you, what are you doing? You, don't you know that you're not supposed to ask me for water? What are you, a, a Jew, doing asking me, a Samaritan, for water? And he said, well, if you knew who was asking you, you would ask of him, and he would give you living water. And she said, oh, man, I would love to not have to come to this well anymore. Give me some of that living water. And so he continues to talk about that, but uh, in, in the conversation, he says, go get your husband. And she said, uh, I don't have a husband. He said, you're right. You have five, you've had five husbands, and the one you're living with now is not your husband. So that's when she changes the subject and says, well, you know, uh, we worship here in Mount Gerizim, and y'all worship here. Which one is right? Which of, you know, who's right? The Samaritans or the Jews? So this is Jesus' response. John 4, 21. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither in this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. So he's saying worship is not going to be about a temple or a place. You don't have to be in a place. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know. He's saying the Jews worship what they know. Uh, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people, the Father seeks to be his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Now, the Greek language has four times as many words as the English language. So a lot of times when a word is, is interpreted, this is why often we'll talk about the Greek word for that, and you'll say, well, why, why isn't the English word okay? Because often there, there is on where we use the word praise, and it's translated with the English word praise, there are multiple words for praise, m multiple Greek words that have different dimensions. And so in this word worship, it's proskuneo is the Greek word, and it means to kiss like a dog licking his master's hand, to fawn or crouch, to literally or figuratively prostrate oneself in homage, in homage, to do reverence, to adore, 
and to worship. Uh, Here's a picture, I think, of Tim and Lauren's dog, Cookie, I think. Yeah. Uh, Cookie's the one on the left. Uh, They both have the same hair. Uh, Same hair. Uh, (laughs) Now, Cookie is a sweet, sweet, sweet pup. She loves me. And when I go over to their house, when I open the door, she goes nuts. Now, you probably have had a dog like that, that when you, when you leave, she cries. And when you come up to the door, some of you probably have had a dog when you come through, you can hear they're on the back side of the door going, they're like, open the door, open the door, open the door. And they're so excited. They're here. They're here. They're so, they're running around. They don't they, they stop and let you pet them. You know, they're here. They're here. They're cookies running. He jumps up. She jumps up on me. She runs back. Oh, oh, they're here. They're here. They're here. They're here. Oh, they're here. They're here. I, everything's better. They're here. They're here. They're here. And that's the word that Jesus chooses for worship. You get that? It's, 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 he's here. He's here. I mean, don't we believe that? Don't we believe that what the Bible says, that God inhabits the praises of his people? Don't we believe that God is here? And one of the aspects of when we come in is we are experiencing the reality of the presence of God. I mean, that's incredible that Jesus picked this word. Are you excited to be with God, to be with his people? God, you're here. You're here. You're here. Some of you worship like cats. They're here. Whoop-de-doo. <laughs> Where's my food? I'm not going to eat it. I just want you to show me that you're serving me. You see, what God is looking for, he's looking for people that are fully committed. God always describes our relationship with him as it's something about all of our heart, all our mind. It is a fullness of commitment with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. I think one of the mistakes we make about worship is that we think worship should look like what we like. You know, we say things, you know, I, you know, I don't like that. I, I think that's a bit over the top. You know, it's too loud. They're always singing new songs. I don't even know that song. Why can't we sing the old songs? What's wrong with the old songs? I love those old songs. What's wrong with the old songs? I love those songs. You know, and we just, we're just always thinking about in relationship to worship, we're not thinking about God, we're thinking about us. You, I mean, yeah, we could think about what we want if we were worshiping us, but we're not. We should ask instead, what does God like? And God likes people that are all in. King David uh, is a great character in the Bible. He was a man after God's own heart. He had many flaws. One of the evidences to me that the Bible 
is true, other than, you know, I believe it is the word of God, is that if you were going to make it up, this is true, and this is true in, in history. If you were going to make up a story about a hero, you wouldn't include his flaws. You would take that out of the story. You would, make, you would, you would have certainly made the disciples look brighter than they were. I mean, they wrote the Gospels, you think. They would leave out the stuff. Hey, guys, we look really stupid here. Let's don't put that part in there. Now, so King David was a man after God's own heart. The Bible describes him that way. I, I believe that he developed as a shepherd boy on the hillsides of, around Bethlehem. I believe he developed a relationship with God. There he sang praises to God. And I believe that it was there that God poured out incredible revelation to David. David saw a picture of the cross. If you read Psalm 22, it's Jesus on the cross. And David saw that a thousand years before it happened. And David's insight into the nature and character of God far, 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 uh, exceeded his ability as a young boy. In 2 Samuel chapter 6, he's become king, and he wants to take the Ark of the Covenant that had been stolen by the Philistines in war and then had been brought part of the way back to Jerusalem. He wants to go get the Ark of the Covenant. This is the second time. The first time, he didn't do it according to the Word of God, and it didn't end well, and so they left the Ark of the Covenant. They didn't get it back to Jerusalem. They, they left it in the home of Obed-Edom. Now, in verse 12, it says, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him on account of the Ark of God. So David went and brought up the Ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom into the city of David with gladness, and so it was that when the bearers of the, the ark of the Lord had gone six paces, he sacrificed an ox and a fatling. And David was dancing before the Lord with all his might, and David was wearing a linen ephod. He was just wearing a plain linen garment. So David and all the house of Israel were bringing up the ark of the Lord with shouting and the sound of the trumpet. So he's recovered the ark, and they're taking it from the house of Obed-Edom to Jerusalem. It's an 18-mile, no, it's an eight-mile journey, sorry. So that's about 14,000 steps. It says here that every six steps, they were stopping sacrificing an ox and a fatling, and David danced before the Lord. That is 2,347 times over eight miles. Now, I think we'd all have to say, that's a bit excessive. I don't know if I can agree with that. That's a waste of a lot of good oxen. But, you know, God didn't think it was excessive at all. David was dancing before the Lord with all of his might, and all the people were shouting. They were blowing the sound of a trumpet, probably a shofar. 
Then it happened as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David that Michael, the daughter of Saul, that is, that is one of David's wives, the daughter of Saul, who was the king, looked out of the window and saw David, King David leaping and dancing before the Lord, and she despised him in her heart. Look at verse 20. But when David returned to bless his household, so they've, 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 brought the, they've finished the activities of the day, he's returning home to bless his own household. Micah, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, Oh, can you, you can just hear the tone in her voice, right? How the king of Israel distinguished himself today. You know, she had to, she had to have her hand on her hip. Right? He uncovered himself today in the eyes of his servants' maids as one of the foolish ones shamelessly uncovers himself. So was he in his underwear? No. But he was not in his kingly garments. He was, he was just a regular person in a priestly outfit, kind of like the base layer of the priestly outfit, worshiping the Lord. So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father and above all his house. Now here's an interesting thing about that story. When, when Samuel rebelled against God and God told Samuel that he had found someone else after God's own heart, a man after God's own heart. David wasn't born yet. But, so God has chosen someone who's going to have a heart to worship him. He says, it was before the Lord who chose me above your father, dig, 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 and above all his house to appoint me, appoint me as ruler over the house of Israel. Therefore, I will, I will celebrate before the Lord. So you know what David says? David says, hey, I, I'm sorry you didn't like it. It wasn't for you. I was celebrating before the Lord. Now you see, if you act like this on a Saturday, they call you a fan. People lose their minds over sports. All kinds of sports. I mean, people, I've seen people, there was a shooting at a kid's game not too long ago. Somebody died over like a soccer, you know, little kids playing soccer who were playing magnet ball. They're all just running around chasing the ball, you know. It's incredible, but people will lose their minds over a sports activity. They will go crazy. They'll travel hours. They'll pay a ton of money to get in. The standing tickets to stand at, at, tech, at the, where the Rangers play, where's the Globe Life? At Globe Life, during the World Series, to have a, not a place to sit, just to get in the building so you could run around in the excitement where it started at $500. So I don't know what tickets were, but just to stand. 
So people will, will pay an exorbitant amount of money to get in, and, and they'll freeze to death. The, or, or you remember the old ballpark? You, you just would go, you might as well just butter yourself up because you're going you're gonna to be burnt like toast when you come out of there. And people will do that. They'll, they'll, they'll park two miles away and walk and trudge in. Uh, they'll pay $15 for us. We gave away 600 hot dogs. <laughs> Is that right? We gave, yeah, it's, it's like half a million dollars worth of hot dogs. And what, all over a bunch of 20-year-olds swapping a pigskin over a field, it's very likely that none of those kids will ever know who you are or even know that you're a fan. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's, there's nothing wrong with enjoying sports. Some of y'all take it over the top, but there's nothing wrong with it. But if you act the same way on Sunday, you're a fanatic. You see, I, can get all ex- I can't go, get all excited about God, but he knows my name. Not only does he know my name, but he called me and he saved me and he died for me. I can't praise the one who made me and saved me and set me free and freed me from the domain of darkness and brought me into the kingdom of light and welcomed me into his family. It's like David says, I will celebrate before the Lord. Yes. He, said, it's gonna, he said, listen, it's going to happen. <laughs> and you know, and I get it because we're not all alike. We've got different personalities. Some of us are low-key. Some of you are low-key. But I, here's what I believe. Whatever you get excited about, and however you express yourself at that event, that whether it's a sports event, whether it's a Swifty concert, whether it's have you ever heard her sing without the backup track, you know, without, the, without them fixing her voice? Ooh. Uh, it's, not, it's, not, it's not nice. Uh, Black Friday shopping. <laughs> seeing a celebrity. Oh, man, people will go wild over seeing somebody famous. Maybe it's NASCAR or Formula One or drag racing or monster. Tra- it doesn't matter. What, whatever, what, what if somebody was that, just hand you said, hey, hey, I, you, know, you know, I just won the lottery. I just won that billion dollar lottery. And, you know, I just love you and I want to bless you. Here's a million dollars. Would you say, thanks. That's so nice. Let me go get my cat. No, what, you would be going, wow, well, I cannot believe you did this. This is un- incredible. This is amazing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You might even fall down at their feet. So here's what I'm saying. However you act in the most 
expressive times you act. That's how you should act in worship. Because it's not sports, it's not money, it's the God of the universe who has done so much for us that we should be celebrating it. See, Hebrews 13, 15 says it this way. Through him, through Jesus, because of Jesus, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. What is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is something that costs us something. I believe that you should always be pushing your comfort zone a little bit. I can remember, it wasn't too long ago. Well, it is, but not, you know, in my life. Uh, about 30 years ago, at Preston Baptist Church, there was a group of people that were in the church, and during the music time, the worship time, they were lifting their hands. And you couldn't do that in a Baptist church. And so they, the ushers, brought them down to the front of the building. And the pastor at the time, who was, happened to be sleeping with women, but that's a whole other thing. Uh, he said to them, we don't do that here. You're not welcome here. If you went to Prestonwood Baptist Church today, they're probably more lively than you are. If you go to Lake Point Church, which is a Baptist church, which is great. The Baptists have done tremendous things, right? They have done tremendous things for the kingdom of God. But there has been an acceptance of worship. See what they were afraid of. <laughs> The Baptists were, they thought that when you raised up your hands, it made you start speaking in tongues. Once they figured out that that wasn't an automatic thing. It's like, oh, you can raise, you can raise, it doesn't make you speak in tongues? Well, then oh, we're good. We can do it then. Uh, but see, what's a sacrifice? It's going to push your comfort zone a little bit. Look, so I want you to look at, here's the seven Hebrew words that, mean different things in English. Seven Hebrew words for praise that mean different things for, for in English. Number one is halal. The Hebrew word halal, it, it means to jump, to dance, to be loud and clamorous. Now, I can jump once or twice, but it's hard for me to worship and jump because mine is ow, 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 ow. It's not very worshipful. But I, I watch young people, they look like, I, I always, I remember, you remember Alex, of course you remember Alex Perry. She was like a ping pong ball up here. She was like, doo, 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 doo. she's just singing, never missing a note, dancing around. I was like, how do you do that? <coughs> Psalm 150 says, praise him for his mighty deeds. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. This is the word. The word is jump and dance and be loud and clamorous for his mighty deeds. The second one is yada. It means to throw up your hands up and forward while making a confession about God. You're my healer. You're my deliverer. 
being thankful to God. Isaiah 25, 1 says, Oh, Lord, you're my God. I will exalt you. I will give thanks to your name, for you have worked wonders, plans formed long ago with perfect faithfulness. Psalm 138, 1, I will give you thanks with all my heart. I will sing praises to you before the gods. Number three, Tauda, to lift up your hands with thanksgiving. 107, 22, Psalm 107, let them also offer sacrifices of thanksgiving and tell of his works with joyful singing. So, you know, maybe you, you know, lifting your hands is hard. You know, you'd start by just carrying the TV, you know, before you, before you go to full, full, full praise and worship, you can just, you know, just kind of, and I, you know what, I found that I do both. You know, in my mind, and this is just the way it works in my mind, in my mind, it's just, I'm, I'm giving to God, and I'm receiving from God. Now, you can receive from God this way, and you can give to God this way. But that's, in my mind, that's how, how it works in my mind, to worship the Lord. Shabbat, a loud and joyous shout of testimony. Psalm 145, 4, one generation shall praise your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. How did your kids know how you feel about God? Are you more excited about the Dallas Cowboys than you are about Jesus? Man, I'm glad the Rangers won. I was right there, man. I watched, I watched all the games. I watched, I was right there. But you know what? They haven't done diddly for me. But Jesus has. Psalm 63, 3, because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips will praise you. Number five, Zamar, to worship the Lord while playing a stringed instrument. We don't like guitars, but they've been around for a while. Psalm 98, 4, shout joyfully to the Lord all the earth, break forth with singing. Sing for joy and sing praises. Sing praise the Lord with the lyre, with the lyre and the sound. The lyre is a is a, a stringed instrument that's kind of shaped like a small harp that had uh, six strings, six or eight strings on it. It's what David played before Saul and before the Lord. With the lyre and the sound of melody, with trumpets. And these, they didn't have trumpets like we were thinking. Da -da 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 -da. They had trumpets that just were a blast. So like, you know, so some of you would drop dead if somebody came in and went, To worship the Lord with loud instruments, with trumpets and the sound of the horn, shout joyfully before the King, the Lord. Barak, to bless by kneeling or bowing in reverence and submission. See, so it's not always out there. Sometimes it's down on our knees, down on our face in reverence. You should spend some time down on your face before God. Because it's recognizing who he is. It's recognizing that he is God and you're not. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he will exalt you in due time. There is the, there is the appropriate time to throw ourselves down on the ground. I might not be able to get back up, but to be able to get down on the ground... 
Blessed be God who has not turned away my prayer nor his loving kindness for me. Tehillal, not tequila. Some of you got excited there for a minute. Okay. Oh, finally, something I can get behind. To sing a spontaneous, unrehearsed song to the Lord from your spirit. You ever do that? Just sing to the Lord just as, you know, thank you, Jesus. I love you. You know, just driving your, you don't, you don't have to do it around with people so that you be embarrassed or you're thinking about the words. Just, you're just thinking about what the Lord's done for you. Sing for joy to the Lord, O you righteous ones. Praise is becoming to the upright. Psalm 34, 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. See, this is the kind of worship that God likes. He wants it. He's seeking. He's seeking people who will worship him like this. He's seeking people that will say, he's here. He's here. He's here. He's here. You'll never get the best of what God has to offer until I offer to God my best. You never get the best from God through mediocrity. You got to be all in. You got to be all in. I've had so many people tell me about the times that their life was changed when they quit dabbling with Jesus and they determined to lay it all on the line and lay it all on the altar and give it all to Jesus and totally surrender. And to be all in. You know, it changed. I've, I've told you this story before, but it was a great day. The day that Lauren came into our bedroom late at night on a Saturday night. Everything always happened in the preacher's home late Saturday night for some reason. <laughs> Every car broke down Saturday night. Other things, we won't go into detail, Saturday night. She came in and said, Mom and Dad, I need to tell you something. You know how many things you can think about in about your brain can cover a lot of things. Oh, she's pregnant. Oh, no. You know, just all kinds of things. And she said, I've decided to give it all to Jesus. And it was like, touchdown! Whoa, yeah, yeah! But, and you know what? Her, her life was changed that moment because it is at the moment of total surrender that you will find. You'll never get the best from God until you give your best to God, until you give your all to God. He, can't, he won't be an add-on. He won't be a convenience. He is Lord. Of all. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of glory. And if you treat him like an add-on, that's all it'll ever be. And you'll you think, I just don't know, I can't figure out why Christianity just it just seems not to be that much. It's not Christianity. It's not Jesus. It's your version of it. 
all in, everything laid on the altar. Amen. Let's stand. That's why cats don't go to heaven. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Nobody, nobody shooting me right now. Okay. Thank you. Lord, with all of our heart, Lord, we want to learn how to offer a worship that honors you. We want to be all in, holding nothing back, unashamed, unafraid to lift up your name and give you all the praise you're due with all of our hearts. You're here. You're here. You're here. What a privilege that is that we get to be in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I love you. Have a great week. This has been the Life Community Church Podcast. Thank you for listening.